All right. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, August 14th. Tommy, really quickly, check your cell phone. Make sure you're muted because I hadn't done mine. And I think as we were all talking, I, I might have forgot it. So just want you to go ahead and double check yours, too. Yeah, we're good. So, all right, cool. How was everybody? I am Randall, your host. I got my friend Tommy here and our uh, buddy Madman back there working the boards. Enos is taking the invisible serum again. He'll be here in a few Yeah, minutes. he should be here soon. <laughs> Stuck in traffic. Um, everybody have a good weekend? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Good. Good to hear it. Um, anything before we get to the news and uh, things that we read that we find interesting? Any other kind of news items that you just want to go ahead and drop before we get into it? Um, well, we got a couple things here that, that, I, that I heard. You know, they're comic book related. Is that, is that oh, what no, you want? Oh, no. Go right into it then. Okay. Take, take off. Boom. Okay. So for those of you that uh, shop at Barnes & Noble, uh, Barnes & Noble is offering trade, Marvel trade paperbacks. Buy two, get one free. This is in-store and online. Um, I believe it's through the 1st of September. So it's Marvel only, so but you know it's a good opportunity to get out there and get some uh, some ones that you've been looking to read. Maybe some maybe the Infinity Gauntlet or you know some X Men trades or some Avengers trades. Good time. You know what they're doing. You know why they're doing it, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't know um, how many people out there have them, but Ollie's mm -hmm. um, last year was doing a thing with the DC trade paperbacks, and I'm talking about they had the ones that were like twenty nine, thirty nine dollars. On sale for like ten bucks. Oh yeah, like, Ollie's has some bucks. great prices on their trades. Um, so they, I, when they I stacked up on a bunch of DC trade. Yeah, paperbacks. no doubt, no doubt. And then I think this summer they did it with the Marvel trade paperbacks as yeah. well. So I think what ended up happening is since Barnes and Noble saw how successful that was, they said, "Well, we we got to jump in on that." Yeah, so. if you guys have an Ollie's in your area, that's a great place to go stock up on some and I some think, older trades. I think they, I think ours here still has some of the DC ones left, and I'm sure they're going to have some of the Marvel ones left because that was more recent. So yeah, Barnes and Noble's guy buy two get one free, and if you have an Ollie's, definitely check out Ollie's, and it, it helps actually going to Ollie's actually every couple of months because they're kind of a remainder store, kind of like a big lots type of thing, mm -hmm. and their stuff is always changing. Yeah, yeah, I, I I go in there from time to time to look at you know see what they what if anything they have new with with trades because you can get some good stuff in there for dirt cheap. So. Yeah, I was kind of cruel last uh, a couple actually it was a couple years ago now that I think about it because. When they always had all those DC trade paperbacks on sale for really cheap, I have a friend who was homesick that month. He had mono, so he couldn't leave the house. And I was like, hey, man, if you can get the Ollie's. And he was like, really? I can't leave the house. And you're going <laughs> to. That's cruel, buddy. That's cruel. You should have took one for the team and took him some trades to read. I could have, but. Yeah, I mean, the worst you have to worry about is mono. I, I have, no, I've had mono. Trust me, I don't ever want to read I've never had that. that before, so yeah, I don't know anything about it. So. What's the the saying? What fresh hell is this? Oh, really? Yeah. That, that band. I've probably been through worse. Yeah. All right. And then you also read, and I <laughs> I know this one is just irking you. Go ahead. Yes, yeah. This one has <laughs> this. This is this is bad right here. It, uh. Marvel Comics has decided to put a new creative team on Deadpool, which in itself is not bad. We'll we'll be having writer Kelly Thompson and artist Chris Bachalo, B A C H A L O. Is that right. pronounced right? Okay. Are going to be coming to Deadpool. Which in itself, there's nothing wrong with that. Changing creative teams, you know, mixing it up, doing some stuff like that, nothing wrong. But they're going to be re-releasing it as issue number one. Well, that's that's the After way, man. Fifteen issues of the current Deadpool run. We're going to be rebooting Deadpool in November with issue number one solely because we're changing a creative team. But but here's the thing: aren't isn't Marvel also the one with Deadpool who 
a few years back when they were doing one of the series and they launched another series, they did that whole thing where they put a fake number like 987 on yeah, the they first did do issue. That. They so. did do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like this at all. I mean, it's like, it, it almost feels kind of like an insult because it's it, it almost feels like they're saying, we don't think you're smart enough to keep up with us when we change the creative team. So we have to, we have to redo the number. Right. Well, so it, I, I, I don't. Well, I don't here's what's funny. You said that, um, but it's going to tie right into our subject tonight with uh, talking about Crisis on Infinite Earth. So, I mean, are there some times when, when rebooting the number from one would be appropriate? Sure. Like, you, you know, if, if something canceled because, you know, it, it wasn't doing well financially and you canceled it and a couple years later said, hey, let's try it again. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Start off with a number one. Um, you know, if you do something like the new 52 or Rebirth where you're rebooting Absolutely. the entire universe. Absolutely. If the, if the character but, has died or path on a mental to somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Start it over. But if you're just starting over with a new creative team come on right i mean people that are already reading deadpool are going to keep going and you know a local comic book store owner it's their job if someone comes in and says hey i like deadpool what what should i get it's like oh we're starting with a new creative team starting in issue 16 why don't you check it out it's almost like going and through that's what, one. and, that's and, what and, it and selling it right you know that's that's kind of their job to do something like that so or or sorry about that or like they used to do back in the day, have that one special issue that when you concluded a storyline, you were getting ready to introduce a new creative team, that creative team would take on, uh, I think I, there was uh, the issue of X-Men where Scott and Madeline Pryor got married to introduce the new creative team of John, of um, art team of John Romita Jr. They had him doing the art of the last five pages of this, so we actually did the actual wedding art. Yeah, okay. Right. Well, or you also too took out house ads for like yeah, right, exactly. months right. ahead of time. That- and, and you know, I know not everybody you know everybody gets previews and everything like that to know what's coming and everything. But if you're but, reading but, the book, but if you're reading exactly. the book, you don't need to have it rebooted. And if you're someone new and you're going into a, a comic store for the first time and says, "Hey," and they say, "Hey, I like Deadpool. What should I pick up?" You know, you should be able to rely on the person running the store to say, oh, well, new 16, number 16 is a whole good, is really good jumping on point because they're starting a new storyline with a new creative team. It'd be like starting over at number one. Right. Because, you know, pretty much anyone that goes into a comic store looking for Deadpool has a pretty good idea of who Deadpool is. Either they've read, been reading the comic for a while or they were fans of the movie and want to check out the comic. Absolutely. Right. You know, it, it's not like, you know, they're trying to, you know, figure out who... Um, I don't know. We'll say matter eater lad is, you know, it, it's not like that. You can, know, can it's, you, can you tell we've, uh, Tommy's been triggered today. Yeah. Just yeah. A bit. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. This your, is this your book for show and tell? Yes. Okay. This is hot again. It's, I had the books in the truck. <laughs> I just, now, I'm going to get you. No, no. I was, I was, <laughs> was going to make sure I got you for you got started. Cause you got to be good last time with that one. All right. So, so, so in, that's my two cents in that. the news. Um, house of X and power of X have topped the comic sales for July. No surprise there. I don't no. think anyone. I'm going to be. That. I'm going to be absolutely honest because I I haven't read the rest of them yet. I did read House of X number one. I actually really liked it, so I am looking forward to see where this goes. So I got to read Powers of X one and then because they actually are going House of X one and then Powers of X one picks that up and then down the line. I think this is one I'm going to wait for trade. For. So I I did enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to it. But um, just so Tommy, no surprise here, House of X number two. Which just came out like last week. The first printing is now selling for up to twenty five dollars. There you go. And it's heading for a third print. No shock there. Yep. And in six months, 
they'll be back down to cover price. A- absolutely. But I'm going to go ahead and flip that baby now. No, I would. No, t- no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't blame you if you did. So also, um, and I, you should like this, Brian Michael Bendis, I guess, tweeted some art from the upcoming uh, Legion of Superheroes by Jeff Deacle. And there's, apparently there's a mysterious new woman in the characters. And uh, she's got like rose petals on her helmet and she's flying away from what appears to be Earth. So, and with like pinkish red light. So, so we're thinking this is a brand new character? Yep. And, and they think that is Earth that she's actually streaming away from. I'm willing to bet it's going to be someone we've seen already. Right. I, and you're going to love this. I studied the face really closely to see if it's Naomi, and it wasn't. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> Did you get out, get out the magnifying glass I have a feeling that kid's going to do something major. Right. She's going to be something. There's going to be something major that's going to go down in the DC universe in the months and maybe year oh, or yeah. years to come, and she's going to be right at the center Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Well, I think as long as Bendis has, has a has a big hand in the Mar- in the DC universe, yeah. and this she's is his gonna creation, oh, yeah. she's got to be a major player. Well, Which, I mean, it doesn't sound like it's a bad thing. It sounds like she's a pretty popular oh, character. Oh, it's a great so. series. Oh, she has yeah. really... Uh, She's really got a pretty solid fan base now. She's really, really building up. So nothing is going to surprise me with her as time goes on. And I can tell you why they delayed issue six. Because in the bottom of issue six, it said something about uh, this is the end of Naomi's story until like Naomi 2 or whatever. And I think they delayed it so they could go back to press and add that Uh, bit in there. Oh, yeah. But – and it did say she's going to show up in Action Comics here real soon. Yeah. Mm. So – they're going to bring her right into the. Well, we already know she's in the main DC universe because um, what was her father? Is that like he's uh, ran, and then you find the other guy, Stanagarian, in the town. So you need to read that series, Tommy. I think. The yeah, trade, I, I need yeah. to see about picking up the trade. Yeah, yeah, trade should be coming out soon. Yeah. Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder, who you know did wonderful things with Batman series in New Fifty Two, gave us the Court of Owls. What a, what a great villain group that is. Apparently just signed a new contract with DC for a secret project they haven't revealed yet. And Batman. No, no. All they said is it's our biggest adventure yet. They didn't actually say what the secret project is. I'm actually going to think this is funny. I'm really hoping it's not Batman. I think they've done Batman. I don't think they, they have nothing to prove on Batman. They no. have they have made they have left an indelible mark on Batman with the quarter with, with, with what you have just mentioned with the Court of Owls. Well, and um and I don't think there's nothing if they if they can do anything to top what they did on the new fifty two that's going to be awesome right and well now remember too they are currently doing um Batman Last Night on Earth right that's them also right so and I, I so I just don't see that they need to continue doing yeah, Batman they're probably going to do something different I'm thinking right so that's that's what I'm really hoping for right. bring back Gotham Central guys that would be great. That would be pretty cool. Think, Something different. I guess I'm the only one at the table who's never read that. Oh, yeah. Apparently. Gotham Central wasn't bad. I thought it, it was pretty it, good. It, it, yeah, it was. I enjoyed it, it. I only read a few issues, but if like if but if you like or a fan of shows like Law and Order, Blue Bloods, and yeah, things yeah. like that, and you like that kind of writing, this is definitely the comic for you. Anyway, yeah, I'm it, sorry. It, it did have a <laughs> And, for so, and, and like look, it. am I the only one that when you read that you heard that noise? Oh no, you're not. Absolutely. No. <laughs> what noise? No. Whatever. On the you, every order. time you turn oh. a page, you dun 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 dun. The criminal justice system. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's exactly what it was like. It was so, the men and women of the Gotham Central Police Department. Yeah. We did get some this bad is their news story. Um, over the weekend. Oh yeah. Legendary yeah. artist Ernie Kalan passed away at age 88. One of my favorites. This guy was a giant. Um, and yeah, I didn't realize just how much he had actually done in the industry. A lot of the stuff that I have actually read and think, oh, yeah, I remember that. So remember, he um, he started working at Harvey Comics as uh, 
I guess as a letter or yeah, working as a letter and doing some uncredited artwork there. But then he actually um, did some Gold Key stuff. He did Dr. Solar, Men of the Autumn for, for Gold Key. Nice. Um, and then in 69, and I did not know this, he went to Warren Publishing huh. where he was working on Van Perilla and like wow. eerie and, and creepy. And I never knew that about him. Um, and it's funny, I, after I read that, I just last week got the dynamite reprint of Vampirilla number one. Right. And sure enough, there's his name in the credits. Um, doggone. So then he also, and then he went to Marvel and he did Battlestar Galactica adaptation, which I really love that series. Um, we just covered that last week too, right? Yeah. Some, yeah. some of it. Yeah. Only went like 19 issues, but then he went to DC and he co-created Arax on a Thunder and wrote with Roy Thomas and Amethyst Princess of General. So he, he did a lot of stuff. Um, I stayed I was in, I um, started reading Arax Son of Thunder on the third issue. Second, no, third issue. I was a freshman in high school. Uh, being, I'm a, I love Native American characters because I have, I'm of Native American blood myself. And Arax was a cool character. It was. Great character. And I read that book religiously. I got mad when they gave him the mohawk, though. I didn't. I, 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 I hated I, that. I, look, I, yeah. I hated that mohawk, man. Yeah, I and, didn't like that. And, and I and I left it alone. And then I, when I went and found that they were bringing him back, they had him like meet these um these ladies. I can't remember what they were. These Amazons. And he just and when and all of his hair grew back, he said, "Okay, I can jump back on this now." And it ended when I was um, when I joined the Air Force. But that was a great book. I would love to see DC, um, the DC animated universe, do something with him. Oh yeah, because that would be with him and Valda, the Iron Maiden, that would be a great period piece. Something that would usher in a new um, generation of fans. But Cologne was on point. Well, you know what else he did, and I didn't know this either. And this might actually—I might have one to stump Enos here. Close my notes. Uh-huh. Guess what else he co-created in the '80s with Marvel at Marvel? Damage Control with your boy the, Dwayne McDuffie. Are you serious? Yes. There you go. So, wow! Wow! Like, like, so definitely, definitely a giant in the industry. More than likely, if you've read um, any DC or Marvels from the 70s and 80s, you have seen his work and just don't, oh, yeah. and don't know it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and you know, it's, it's, it's a sad reality that um, we do not know the body of work of some of these create some of these writers and artists until they leave us. Right. Yeah. And that is a great character. That, that is a great character uh, miscarriage of justice because these guys should be appreciated while they're here. Well, and, and and luckily Cologne was one of the ones who got his due while he was here. And I knew his name because yeah, I oh, remember yeah. I remember tons and tons of books I would read and I'm like, wow, who drew this? And I would go back and it would be his name. Man, so I knew but the they, name immediately. There was this one um, particular episode um, issue of Arac. I picked it up my senior year of high. Uh, no, I was a, um, rising from senior in high school. It was a very the picture was very close up of a rack, but the interior was the most beautiful art. Tony did Tony Dezuniga did the um, inks over his or over Cologne's art. It is some of the most majestic and beautiful art I've ever seen on a sword and sorcery genre type um right. book it was it's, it's a great book I, it's mine is in storage i'm gonna find it. i'm gonna bring it for show and tell sweet but um and where's the just storage that page out <laughs> <and> then... <laughs> <laughs> just, just curious just wonder uh, we want to make sure it's safe so. uh, right 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't mind want... me with like the bolt cutters or anything. Well, like you that. know. <laughs> Tommy, you can't tell a good lie to save your life. You know? Well, <laughs> these are not for the lock on the storage unit. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't worry too much about Tommy breaking to a storage unit. He can't find four of his most valuable books in his collection. They've only been missing for like five years now. I have determined they were stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that is the truth. I have pretty much given up and decided they yeah, were probably well, stolen. Well, wow. I told you one of our conversations. They were straight up yeah, stolen. They had pretty to be. Much there's, be. There's, it's unfortunate. but and, and the fact that there's, you know, other... Smaller things missing too tells me right. that it's pretty much a given. Oh, yeah. It sounds like well, here's the here's the thing where where I really want to kick him. We're going to digress for just a minute here, Madman. All here's right. the part that really <laughs> makes me want to kick him. So, Tommy, tell our listeners the four books you're missing: Avengers number four, <sighs> Giant Size X Men number one. Oh damn! Captain America one hundred. Oh. And the first I can't I can never remember the number, but it's the first appearance of the Silver Surfer. Fantastic Four. 49 48 so here's the funny thing okay um he's also noticed several other titles that are missing just like gaps in his runs right right so then i asked him well how how are you missing this what did they just pick and choose and then i found out he didn't have his long boxes organized alphabetically by his titles they're all just haphazardly thrown in there oh and i'm like you deserve to have them stolen then so i i think that think that you know that someone stole a long box and it just happened to be the good one so Anyway, back to the news. So I just read that DC is going to be expanding their digital footprint on DC Universe subscription service uh, because their sales are falling flat over there. Apparently, the shows and everything are doing good, but the actual titles aren't doing that good. What? So, yeah, they're, they're not doing well on the sales. Um, and by comparison, um, I just told you that Powers of X and House of X had the top two books for July. If you look at the unit shares and the dollars – the dollar shares for July comic books. This is really disturbing because Marvel's dollar share was like at 41.30% and their unit share was 45% compared to DC of only having 26% dollar share and 27% unit share. So even their publishing arm is having issues. Yeah. And wow. then reading that and seeing that chart made me think back to what Rob Liefeld said a month ago about DC was about to take a header. And I'm thinking, did, did the man actually know something? that? no. So no. I'm just saying, just saying, a little food for thought there. No, 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 yeah, okay. that's <laughs> wrong, no, wrong, that's wrong, 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 we just paraphrase a little bit, we, we, we got it. I refuse to think the Rob Liefeld was right. Just like when baseball, when when Jose Canseco came out with about all those steroid allegations that proved to be true, I refuse to think that Jose Canseco was the most credible person in professional oh, baseball. Jose Canseco, bet? Tell me you, you didn't pay money me for this. You didn't pay money for this. <laughs> Is it bad that we both knew? Hey, that's that, that, that's a shame. <laughs> no, I, I just refuse to believe that. That, that right. tells you how much respect Jose Canseco gets as a dog or baseball player. Anytime Raphael from the Teenage Mutant, Mutant Ninja Turtle cracks just in the it. baseball bat, right? Just, just with a baseball bat. Hey, the man had a baseball bounce off the top of his head and bounce over the fence for a home run. I love, I, I love God, I remember. <laughs> I love that clip. That's one of the greatest clips I, I, ever. I, I yeah. have to admit, I think that was more embarrassing than 
the ball going between Bill Buckner's legs in oh, the, the World, World Series. Yeah, uh, man. Now, now I, no, I got to go with Buckner. I, I mean, it was just like it was I right there. I mean, because Buck, Buck, Buckner's mistake cost them a World Series. Yeah, yeah. Where, whereas yeah. Jose's just cost them a regular season game. Wow. Right. If it did, I can't even remember who won that game. To be honest with you, so I might be wrong on that. So, yeah. but, but at any rate, Buckner cost a World Series. You yeah. guys got any more news items? I do not. No. no. Oh, I like to address one thing. Go right. Where in the hell is everybody getting all these crazy, crazy rumors for the crisis crossover <laughs> on, know, on the CW? It's oh like every other day. God. There's a every new one. day. <laughs> there is a new rumor. Last week, some I got a feed from Superman Camp from my Superman Canada page saying that Tom Welling was going to be. The Kingdom Come Superman, where everybody knows that it was announced and it came out of Brandon Roof's mouth that he was going to be doing right. it. Speaking of Superman, Enos, you yes. clearly did not get the memo today. Right. Hey, that's all right. I got Superman, For those of you Superman, not Superman. watching our YouTube stream, we're all wearing t- uh, Superman t-shirts. Except With the exception. The somebody who ignored the memo. Right. I ain't seen the memo. memo, man. <laughs> <laughs> you check your messages because I definitely memoed everybody. You probably, you probably did. Superman t-shirt for the show. Dang. Now I was at 1 a.m. I don't know why you didn't, why you weren't awake reading your text. So. Who? I was snoozing, homie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to get to my new favorite part of the show. Um, and this is yeah, Show buddy. and Tell, where we show off our books. Now, which camera am I using? That camera. That one. Show okay. and Tell. So we're going to start first with the one Enos brought in. Um, and this so was, this should make up for it. This is, I actually really did, I dug this entire run both the death and the, the funeral and all that but it is superman number 81 reign of the superman and i think it's the first appearance of the black suit of superman isn't it no the second, the second. no no, okay. no no this is the first appearance you're right the first appearance the of suit. the black suit but this is actually the second appearance of superman himself um he was at the i think it was action comics number 693 that he was, um, you saw the suit going that, that was below the depths of the ocean that was making its way to a coast city. Well, and, he was in one of those Kryptonian battle yeah, suits. Yeah, one of, yeah, the battle suit that was actually Superman that was in the suit, and then it ended with the silver S. This is the one where he actually shows up. And it's by Jurgens and Breeding, which is a, definitely an underrated. Oh, combo. absolutely. Yeah, definitely an underrated I, I got to tell you, I loved, and I'm not kidding, I loved this entire run. I loved when they brought Doomsday in and the whole death of Superman. The funeral for a friend was really good. The whole reign of the Superman. That entire year of Superman yeah, comics was. was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Death of Superman was phenomenal. I, I that's, that's, yeah, that was pretty good. That was, that was and great. And I think there was even for a brief time there, and I, I want to say it had, it was in a Justice League movie. We were supposed to, it was hence we were going to get the black yes. of Superman in that movie, and they backed off of it. So, man, the and that would that would have changed the whole complexity of right. the movie. Well, I think and that, shout out to Brett Breeding. Hey, Mr. Breeding, what's going on? Hope I to think, see you soon. I think there would have been a lot more um, fan appreciation for that movie yeah, if, it would. Ju- if it had just been the black suit. Yeah. Instead yeah. of him coming out in his uh, his pajama. Yeah. Because what was those stretch pants or something sweatpants? like? Oh, that. we didn't get mullet Superman either, so that <laughs> was a little bit disappointing. <laughs> That's true. Um, so you know what? How does right. Superman cut his hair, though? Really? I think he like a heat heat vision in the he used mirror. A heat vision in the mirror. That's how he would shave. Okay. That's how he shaved. So, how he cut his hair is still a mystery. So now I'm looking at this book, and this is a, and this is funny. This is actually out of my collection, and I was just realizing that damn, this thing is actually really nice shape. Yeah, it is. Um, so what I brought in for show and tell is All Star Squadron number fifty eight. Oh, that's so awesome! The, the first Super appearance Squad. of Booby Girl. Oh, wow. I mean Power Girl. Power Girl. 
That's a pretty book. Yeah, it is. The spine yeah. is great. So, and that's well, what I got there. Robin and Star, yep, uh, Star Spangled Kid, Kid and uh, Power Girl. Right, and right. that's a, the with, JSA uh, defeated her on the ground. But those of you who don't know, All Star Squadron was Earth Two, and Earth Two was the home of the original JSA. Um, which was operating in the 40s. So this book actually takes place, I think, modern day, the 70s, modern, it, on, in Earth 2. But um, the JSA are all now older. So Arsenal Squadron are the, the new era that are taking over. But like I said, this is the – or the hand. This is the first appearance of Power Girl right here. Nice. And she becomes a uh, – and it's funny too because this book is so sexist because Wildcat says something to her about you know her being a girl whatever and she's basically gives him this like i can kick your ass type of line mm-hmm. damn this is really nice pass yeah, it along yes that is yeah, very nice <laughs> shape, i mean man. i put it in another bag and board but then i was just looking at it, like man this is actually really nice it's a pretty book i'm glad you gave it to me yeah. thank you <laughs> well as soon as have you sent that batman 21 off yeah, your head <laughs> all right then you're not getting that either <laughs> that's right. my batman 21 so, so next up and i gotta tell you what um I don't know if I should just really get on Madman's good side and, and get into his will or just off him and take the crap now. Um, Justice League of America number 54, and it looks like it's a rematch against the Royal Flush Gang. Man, that is freaking awesome. That's a awesome. nice Pretty book. book. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm beginning to really enjoy Madman's share. Madman, I know, he, right? He brings in some really nice stuff. Madman, we bring in some stuff, but Madman, he, he, he gives us a showstopper every week, man. Right. I don't know. I think Randy's got this week locked up. Oh, I don't know. This is I a pretty know, book. I don't know, man. This, it's a tie. Yeah, that's a pretty book. <laughs> I tell you... um. And, and you guys haven't seen this. I might put this on our Facebook page just to share it. A couple of years ago, I put together a Royal Flush Gang cosplay for Dragon Con. But we did the, um, the spades because the version I know had spades, which originally, of course, the original group premiered with clubs. Yeah. It wasn't until the 70th that they updated. Have you not seen those pictures? I'll, I'll, I'll show them to you oh. after the show. Um, but this is a pretty book. I think I have the one where we first see them, actually. I'm, I'm going to bring that in next weekend and Trump uh, Batman there, I think. Is that Mike Sikowski, is that Mike Sikowski art on the cover? Purple? I want to see this. <laughs> and now, and I got to admit, this one is a pretty book. Now, this is beat a little bit. Oh, yeah, no but, doubt. But it's, this is an old girl. I love so. this book. Um, I was very happy to find this this was year. I at with you? Was I you with you? were with me. Yep. Yeah, you were with I, me. I was with you when you bought this. Mm-hmm. So Tommy has brought in the original Captain Marvel, Shazam. number 80. You it's guys a, know him as Shazam. But and this is a retelling of his origin. Wow. Yeah. And that is also a nice book. It's a bummer that somebody wrote on it. I know. Yeah. Well, you know who that was. That was the kid who bought that yeah, in 1940. Yeah, and, and, and as you can see by Randy's else. fingers there, it's kind of frayed down at the bottom. I have not taken this out of the bag and board because yeah, I'm kind of afraid to. I wouldn't take yeah, it either. I'm not going to lie. There's, there's a part of me that wants to read this so bad. Right. But I'm afraid. Except I, I can tell you right now. I'm afraid to. It probably will fall it'll, apart. It'll, it'll come right off the cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that covers in rough shape. And I would, I would love to read this, but I'm just too scared to. It is. I mean, it is. It's really, really rough down here in the corner. I'm afraid to even be touching this thing. That's okay. You can. Hey, where's my uh, where's my uh, all star? I want to show that to to Madman. Because just just because I looking at something, man, this is really nice. I was sort of studying, thinking, is that my book? Madam, I'm going to set that right on the end of the table for you. Absolutely, I'll look at it here in a second. So, all right. So I was going to show another Superman book, but I'm glad I showed that one. Yep, that was good. And then. just because I have it. My power is the next number one that I missed last week that Tommy bought for me. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. 
Generous, that's my name. <laughs> that's right. All right. Generous, his name is Tommy. That's right. So that was a show and tell for this week. Everybody reclaim your books. Uh, Madman, you want to tell them who's bringing them this fine program? Absolutely. I'm having the worst time with this chroma key. Ahem. Chroma key? Good evening. Flashback Comics is the sponsor of Lost in the Long Box. Flashback Comics is located out of Woodbridge, Virginia, and they have tons of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. They are located at 3112 PS Business Drive, just off of Smoketown Road. They are open from Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. And on Sundays, they're open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Be sure to tell Troy that Lost in the Long Box sent you. That's right. And now, back to our show. Thank you, sir, for that fine uh, uh, advertisement there. No problem. Sorry, I was, I was reading the text because I thought it might have been important and turned out to not be important. So, boo-hoo. So, tonight's subject. Was, oh, I'm sorry, guys. If something disappears from my table or my laptop when I'm doing a show, then all of a sudden my entire um, schedule gets thrown off and I go into a tizzy. Um, but tonight we are going to be discussing DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, if you have never read this, and I know that Tommy and Madman were talking about some of the stories they liked most on one of the weeks that I was gone, and Tommy actually said that he wouldn't recommend this for newer readers, and I'm going to trump that and say, no, go ahead and read it anyway. You do not need to know the history of the DC multiverse to enjoy this book. It helps. It, it helps. It uh, helps. If, if you were reading DC Comics when this happened, then it was really um, a total geek out moment to see all those characters on there. But you do not need a working knowledge of all those characters because it, it does straight up tell you which Earth they're, you're seeing and who's those characters on it. The, the reason I the main reason I said it is because where this is a great storyline, no doubt. It's one of my all time favorites. It everything that this storyline established has been retconned out yeah right so right. that that's why i it was, was saying it's not like, necessary that, that is true because if you're you know, reading this and you major... suddenly see lady quark and like well wait a minute didn't yeah, lady who's quark that? die yeah yeah and and, and, it's and like... harbinger and pariah yeah. you know they're not around anymore so a if, little... if anything this book that miniseries will enable you to have a greater appreciation of the multiverses right and you know if you're just looking for a great story, it's Wolfman and Perez. You can't go wrong. I mean, with that. Oh, oh my yeah. God. They were they were the premier, arguably the premier art team, writing and art team for the eighties. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's teams that you automatically just know that their stuff is iconic, and Perez and Wolfman are definitely it. Oh, yeah. And you know, we'll, we'll, when we talk about this, we'll have a different, you know, both of us will have, you know, the three of us will have a little bit different point of views of this because I didn't read this when it first came out because it came oh, out right. on account yeah. on account of it coming out in nineteen eighty five, I was eight. I I, so, I read them as they were coming out. So you yeah, got you guys you know you guys had a little bit more you know with that than I than I did. You know a lot of things that were done in this had already been the you know the threads were coming undone. Well, remember when I got old enough to read it. So. Remember too, um, this is also the book that dashed my hopes for a character coming back, which yeah. I talked about in another episode. But we'll get back to yeah, we'll get back to that eventually. So here's a great thing about this. So Crisis on Infinite Earths um, came about because. Marv Wolfman and George Perez, who have both been over at Marvel, got taken over to DC like, hey, we want you to bring some of that magic over here. Um, so Marv Wolfman actually had a desire to fix the DC multiverse. So at the time, DC had all these different multiverses. We had Earth-1, which is where the, the main heroes were, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, all the ones that you knew and that were being 
read right then. Um, so, for instance, the Linda Carter Wonder Woman is Earth One. The Christopher Reeve Superman would be Earth One, but there was also an Earth Two. And Earth Two was the earlier incarnations of those characters: um, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. They looked distinctly different because DC had that little bit of a lull there in the fifties when superhero comics weren't selling very well. And then the Silver Age came along and they skyrocketed again. And so you had all these heroes in there and it became this problematic of, well, how do we explain that this character in 1960 still looks 25, 26 years old from 1940, whatever. So right. then in the great Flash of Two Worlds um, comic by in a Flash 123, 123 yep. that's where we find out that there was a separate universe. And all those heroes were on Earth 2 and actually functioned back in World War II just like they did in this comic then. Right. And Earth 1 were the modern counterparts. Well, that was great. But then what ended up happening was every time a writer decided to do something a little wonky, well, we'll just put on another Earth. Uh, yep, create another Earth. So, and now it was great for a while because out of the Flash 123 and the Flash of Two Worlds, we started getting the classic JLA, JSA team-ups. Yep. Because that's, we determined that's where all those earlier generation uh, heroes were. But then someone came up with the idea, said, what about the Freedom Fighters? And the Freedom Fighters was not originally DC comic characters. Didn't they buy those they from were, Fawcett? Yeah. I don't, so, no, I think they were Charlton. Charlton Fawcett. I think they were Charlton. But oh. in that history... Um, they were on an Earth where Hitler won World War II. Earth-X. So, and they were put on Earth-X, absolutely. Uh, and then you had when DC finally took over the properties of Captain Marvel and Mary Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. from Fawcett. Um, they didn't want to incorporate them into the DC continuity right away, which I still never understood that. It was probably one of the dumbest moves they could have What's ever that? made. When they didn't incorporate Captain Marvel family right into the DC universe. They, I, I, no, they didn't. They put them on Earth-S. So yeah. you see the problem there is every time you did something a little off the wall and the editor didn't like it, we'll just make another Earth and we'll throw them and there. It was quality comics quality, that, that, that gave us uh, the freedom fighters. Okay. So anyway, Marv Wolfman, you know, in the early 80s told DC, says, well, I want to do something to fix that, you know, the multiverse problem that you have. And this is how long it took. I believe they announced it at a comic convention in New York City that they were going to be doing Crisis on Infinite Earths to clean up the DC's multiverse. But it took them a couple of years to go over all the history. If I remember reading, I don't know if I read this on Google or in my trade collection here. Guys, go out and get your copy of these. You'll, you'll thank me later. Marv Wolfman said someone spent two years reading DC's library to keep notes of their characters oh, and the events of what How had happened. How can I get that job? I say, I would have loved to have had that job. <laughs> Who are you telling? It would have been minimum wage, but you would have been locked at the DC archives yeah. all day with comics. Yeah, where do I sign up? Yeah, where do I get that job? Um, and actually, his character, The Monitor, he introduced that in the new Teen Titans. And in this trade paperback, hold up again for a reference. I'm just going to just put it right here in front of my face. <laughs> Marv Wolfman actually talks about where the inspiration for the monitor came from. And it was an idea he had as a kid long, long time ago. And he called it the librarian. Scary name there, mm. right? Uh, and here's the other thing that's really ironic about it. George Perez was not supposed to be the original artist. Um, I think he got him to do a couple of issues at the beginning, and then George Perez said, okay, I'm really enjoying this. So I want to stay on it type mm -hmm. of thing. Well, who are they going to get? Because I know Ordway did the inking. Were they going, was he the initial artist? Way to put me on a spot, I do not know. Because ironically, in my references, I can't find who the original artist was supposed to have been. Right. <laughs> because this is news to me. Lost to time. It's just like that Pete Best type of thing, guy who's not. Oh, <laughs> Pete Best. Poor guy. Poor guy. Sitting in his apartment. I the in fifth the Beatle was Clarence Walker. <laughs> 
Pete Best. No. The Clarences. Right. So anyway, <laughs> before we actually – so here's a couple of things about this storyline that um, a lot of people, especially today's collectors, um, probably just don't know. You know, every year now, both DC and Marvel do this big multi-event. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for instance, what's going on right now? War of the Realms, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then DC's now doing Year of the Villain. And last year, there was – or a couple years ago, it was the whole different secret wars. Crisis on Infinite Earth is what started that trend. Mm-hmm. Because both DC and Marvel had done miniseries before. They'd done like three-issue miniseries, six-issue miniseries. But no one had done what they call now a mega series, 12 issues. And they were told, DC told them, this idea won't work. In fact, when he originally tried to push it to DC, it got shot down. They said no. He, he brought it back a couple years afterwards and said, hey, can we, can we do this now? I think the time is right. Um, but And here's why. Because Tommy and I were talking about this off the air. And this goes case in point with Deadpool being rebooted. Back in the day, and this is a concept that I know a lot of our listeners out there are just going to be going, huh? Readers didn't trust a new number one. They didn't trust a new series that started at issue one because, and this is even true now, most readers will only give a, a book six to seven issues most before you move on. So I don't think readers give them that much anymore. That's true. Most, most of the time it's probably two or three. Well, especially with the cost. But it used so, to be. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of collectors, and, I, and I'm even guilty of this. I mean, I jumped on new books because I wanted to, that feeling of having gone on a series from the beginning because right. I wasn't there for Fantastic Four. I wasn't exactly. there for Avengers, mm-hmm. which is why I ended up getting things like ROM and Micronauts and Shogun Wars because finally it's something I can get on the ground for. And if it runs for 20 years, woohoo. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, none of them did. Right. But at the time, readers just didn't trust them, which is why things like Action Comics – and Avengers yeah. and FF did well thousands, because yeah. because they had established numbers. Oh, 200? Well, that means it's been running for a while. There's a history here to work with. There's there's character lore. There's all kinds of things to, to get into. This other character's got only issue four. Yeah, It doesn't matter if they've been established in other books and other series and read them. It was a right. mentality of... Or how many Spider-Man crossovers you do with them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that was one of the key things. It just didn't work. The other thing that was supposed to have happened... And I can see why they didn't do it because this was asking a lot of DC at the time. Marv Wolfen said, what you should really do, if we're going to be redoing your universe and everything's going to come down to one universe, cut all the books. Stop everything when the series is running yeah. and relaunch them all with new number ones. Because if you're making a new universe, let's make a new universe. Right. Now, obviously, I can see why they didn't do it because you're asking the publisher to not put out but just one comic book for a year. Yeah, that yeah, that would be that'd be a killer. I, I can see where they would have compromised and said, Well, how about this? We'll run for seven or eight months and tie up those storylines and we'll let you have the last three or four months to just yourself and then we'll reboot and that'll give our writers and artists time to start the new series. I don't even think you could really do that at the time because DC was just publishing comics. They weren't in like to, into movies or owned by Time Warner or anything like that. You know, that's Well no, they were. They were owned by Time Warner that? I oh, yeah, because were... remember, Superman was put out in, what, 76, 77? And Warner Brothers owned DC. Warner Brothers has owned DC pretty much forever. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> then they could have probably got away with it then. So, but, yeah, I mean, to have no money coming in except for this one book for uh, even even a few months, that's, I mean, that's pushing it. Let's, let's face it. Time Warner owning DC is why Superman didn't stay dead for more than six months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, and here's the ironic thing. Even when the comics that for Superman don't sell well, the merchandising always sells. Well. Oh, oh, yeah. Everyone loves Superman. So, That's why three of the four of us are wearing Superman t-shirts. Right, today. exactly. Exactly. But 
you oh so anyway i can see them having not done that i do think it's ironic that when they did flashpoint in new 52 they did exactly what wolfman had suggested in in 1985 which was reboot everything with a new number one mm-hmm. yeah so let's go ahead and start talking about the series um things that we liked about it one of the other things i noticed too um and i someday i just want to corner marv wolfman hey who knows if this podcast actually gets big enough he'll he'll know who we are and he'll, he'll tell me um one of the characters that dies in this book is the Barry Allen Flash. Yes. And that was the one that crushed me um, when I was a teenager because I loved Barry Allen Flash. Flash was the first comic book I bought. It wasn't a Superman. It wasn't a Batman, even though I knew who they were. It was Flash. So when his series ended at issue 350, I was already pretty well-versed in the world of comics. I knew that it meant, okay, woohoo, the series ended. It'll come back in a couple years. You know, I'm not yeah. going to get too strong. And then he dies in crisis. Yeah. And I remember just sitting there going, but – you, you can't bring him back if you kill him. And that issue uh, just – I remember setting a book down and, and almost crying going, you can't do this. Yeah, he was dead for what, 20 years? Uh, More than 20 years. Yeah. And From like 85 to like 2013. Yeah. Five, something like that. Right. So – but what's funny is yeah. in the foreword this by Marv Wolfman, the, he, yeah. he actually does say that um, they had a plot device to bring back Barry Allen. But now here's the part that I don't get. He outright tells you, don't look for it. You won't find it. And I'm like, well, how can it be a plot device if you don't make any type of hint or reference or mention of it or just even a picture of something in the comic? (laughs) How do you say it's a plot device if we can't actually find it? In order for it to be a plot device, it has to at some point in the story get mentioned or shown. Am I wrong in this? No, No, you're not wrong. (laughs) No. All right, so what do you guys got? Let's go. Don't just sit there like I got to look at me like so, I So, yeah, two I mean, this, this gave us the death of Barry Allen, which was quite significant because it was one of the biggest characters to, I mean, biggest name characters to have died at that time. You know, he was dead for, what, 25 years, something like that, before they, they finally bought him back. Um, some of us felt like they probably should have just left him dead, not because they don't like the character, but because, you know, he dies such a heroic death right. in this that it seems to kind of to, to lessen the importance of that. Um, you know, and Wally West was killing it. So, <laughs> right. But and that was I, that I mean, was the was... thing. I really think that they did not bank on the success that Wally was going to have being the Flash because every there was two characters that everybody wanted to see emerge, and ironically, in the pages of the Teen Titans, it was those two characters that that gave up their identities and that was wally west and dick grayson everybody wanted to see dick grayson go from robin to being batman which he did eventually and but wally was the first to go from being kid flash to the flash right Mm -hmm. he kind of like but it kind of like was for him it was like in the vein of some people are born into greatness while others have Have it thrust thrust upon them and this was thrust upon wally yeah and but I don't think DC really really had a clue of how popular Wally was because with him have only being able to run the speed of Mach 1 and to have to eat all that food just to right you know to to, to see to see him be a speedster with these flaws People that resonated with folks almost to the point where it, it it was such a big thing that 
it was written into the first Flash TV series with John with Westership Bar- as and Barry, Barry Allen. Allen, but he was going through what, but but he had Wally's issues, and a lot of backstory was Wally. And but he and he's gone on to become the fastest of the Flashes. That exactly, right? yeah, by far. Well, plus remember too, uh, the whole metabolism and eating a lot of things. They play that up in Justice League. It's exactly. the Barry Allen Flash, but they gave him the Wally fault of I've got to keep fueling myself. Right. Yeah. And, you know, well, in the Flash TV show, Wally, I mean, at least in the beginning, Barry has to eat a lot. Right. I, right. I think they kind of they don't really show that as much as they go on. But in the beginning, the, they do. They establish yeah. it, but then they kind of just leave it out there like, OK, you know, he you has know, to, he you has know, he has to do, do it. it. So and, we, and they so don't keep it because it's yeah, well, I mean, at that point, you don't want to you know spend a half an episode watching him. eat for Yeah, because after a while, you know, the show's the Flash, not watch the Flash eat. Yeah, not to see how many cheeseburgers the Flash can eat in 20 seconds. Right. But yeah, so we uh, we had that. We also had the death of uh, the death of Supergirl, another big one. That messed me up. <laughs> that did. I'm not gonna lie. What I liked about this was, I love it when Mar. I think Marv Wolfman and John Byrne are both kind of same type type of storyteller. They put this out here. Okay, this is what's gonna happen. You're telling yourself, no, it's not. All right, it's going to happen. And then when it happens, all you can do is sit back and say, damn. So, and here's what's funny about that, too, because as, as you're talking about that, uh, we're going to actually get to this. Now, when you're buying these comics off the stand back in 85, when you're a teenager like me, you read issue, I guess, is it issue five? Mm-hmm. Um, and they tell you right at the end of it, you know, next, double-sized dynamite, the one you've been uh, demanding, the origin of the Monitor, the origin of Pariah, the origin of a Harburger. Harbinger, plus the shocking ending of the century, be here. So you're thinking, okay, sure, you know, I've seen this hype before. And, and then, then they put the it right on the darn cover. And the, the cover is straight up Superman holding Supergirl's body. And who did not just immediately grab that off the shelf? Even if you weren't reading the series at that point, you grabbed that issue. Yeah. This I was is a in book, DC. That, that's a book I don't own, but it's on my list of ones I definitely want to own. I went to that, the 7-Eleven on, on in Northwest DC, where my sister lived at that time. And I grabbed it. It was a month before I left to go to service. It, I got happened to get that. I missed a lot of the crisis on the Infinite Earth due to my time in the service. I got the last issue when it came out that Christmas. But um, I happened to grab that one before I left, and I was like, no, nah, Supergirl ain't this. Right. And, and, well, and here's the thing. Well, Enos is bringing up a really great point. Um, and this goes back to actually a piece of news from today because Superman – 14 and Supergirl 33 were supposed to come out today, but they were pushed back. And DC actually told all the the realtors, retailers, God, um, please destroy. Right, don't buy houses from us. Um, They told all the comic shops, please destroy all those issues because the cover doesn't match the story. So the covers were were drawn months in advance to tie with the story that was being told, but the story pacing change and chapters got put in that weren't there so the story no longer matched the cover so they said destroy those we're going to ship new books with with covers that are more accurate i want one of those I, exactly i want Absol- one of those absolutely you tell it? because you know the collector the, the, trust me there's there's stores out there somewhere oh sure i'm destroying these put them yeah, in a box exactly uh, but so i bet you somebody asked for it they but it. the reason i'm talking the reason i'm bringing that up is because when you see this cover, I'm going to show it again. When you see this cover on the stand, at the time, as a collector, you were already used to covers lying to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I mean, and I don't want to say lying to you, but as much as there was always a loophole. You would see the cover, this issue, somebody dies, and it was never anybody important. Yeah. You're like, well, there's a waste of 30 cents because, or, you, you know. Or else it was somebody other than who was on the front page. Right. Uh, and they would hint that, like, I think they even did that in, in Spider-Man when they killed Gwen Stacy. Right. Gwen's not on the cover when they said right. so, well, someone close to him dies. So you bought that book thinking, all right, yeah, Supergirl's going to die. Sure, sure. And then at the end of it, you put it down. You went, damn, they killed they her. They killed her. <laughs> and then if that's not bad enough, you're already ruling from that. What is the very next issue? The very next issue? Final fate of the Flash. And guess what happens? He dies in that one, too. Oh. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the, if it's not the one that killed the biggest, the two biggest names off, it's got to be close. Right. What, what oh, other, yeah. what other you know, mini, major event killed off as many big names as what this one did? Well, and here's the thing. I don't know. I went, and like I told you, I, I don't have it with me. I was keeping a tally of who actually bites the dust as I'm rereading this. Um, you see the Freedom Fighters buy it. Mm-hmm. They go um, on the one planet Wonder Earth. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, but well now. Wonder Woman was tricky. They kind of cheated on that one uh-huh. because they took the Queen Hippolyta um, Earth 2, World War II version of Wonder Woman, and then they rebooted it so that George Perez came in and did that series. So we got the modern version of Diana. Ah, so, okay. yeah. Uh, even though the both Wonder Womans are on there, we see the, the original one die. Um, but, yeah, so the Freedom Fighters buy it. Who else? The Crime Syndicate. The Crime Syndicate bought it. Yeah, they do pretty early, too. Don't they? Like, like in, the very first, yeah. in the very first issue, I yeah. think, bought it. Because I used to love the Crime Syndicate. Crime Syndicate and, and they a great concept. get taken down like that. Right, because everybody on Earth 3 died except Alex Luthor Jr. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's really great is they rip off the Superman origin and do it because on Earth 3, the only superhero, ironically, is <laughs> Alexander Luthor. Luthor. And he's married to Lois Lane. And their baby, Alexander Luther II, I think, he puts him in a prototype rocket. He says, I didn't have time to build a big one. And it shoots off from that Earth 3 as it's being destroyed. But because it had to cross through the barrier, um, the baby now is made of both positive and antimatter energy. So he becomes a unique individual. And the monitor in the story goes, I need this child. He's the key to stopping all this. So. But yeah, so he dies. Who else? I, I, like I said, I had a whole list of these things and I, and I forgot to keep uh, them. Let's see. Uh, Hawk and Dove, um, Dove from Hawk and Dove, Don right. Hall, Cole from the Teen Titans, right. the original Robin, uh, right. Dick Grayson, uh, Hunt, the original Huntress, Helena right. Wayne. And these are the Earth 2 versions, guys. Earth 2 yeah, versions. Earth two versions. You, um, um, let's see. Earth two people um, died. Remember, Sunburst died. And uh, Monitor grabs Red Tornado and yep. corrupts him to his needs as well. Right. So here's the thing that was, I guess, really great about this series is there were so many ramifications in it and so many changes to characters and worlds being destroyed and people dying that you're like, man, DC's never gone out like this. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it, completely rebooted their, it completely rebooted DC Comics from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, we, and, you know, it was definitely start a complete reboot. Now, obviously, there were some characters that they didn't know what to do with after this. <laughs> like, I, I know Warlord didn't come out of it very well. Power um, Girl got messed up. Pa- Power yeah. Girl got a little fuzzy there. I yeah. think Aqu- from Atlantis. I think and, Aquaman yeah. got a little shafted there towards um, the new. What, Madman, what are your thoughts on this? I just realized we're all just here talking away. Oh, that's fine because I don't. Uh, I found that book to be uh, kind of a heavy read 
It, it is, you know. It, well, heavy read both as in yeah, it's, a long read. It. it's a long it's gonna and, take a and heavy, read. It's going to take a while And heavy as in there's a lot of crap happening yeah. in this book. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean. It's one of the reasons why I've read it so much. Because well, truth be told, for me, the books, the issues that had the most significance for me was 7, 8, and 12. Well, 12. Now, 7 and 8, obviously, Death of Supergirl, Death of Flash. Right. But 12 has that really great moment where we've gotten now one universe, one Earth, and some of the heroes from all the universes have survived onto this planet. Right. Because I think we've now incorporated um, the Shazam family onto right. it. Yep. Um, we get um, – who do we get? Jay Garrick. We get to Jay Garrick is now on Earth, and Alan Scott Alan is also Scott is on, on Earth there. One. The G, I think the entire GSA was on there. Well, no, because remember, at the end of it, who escapes to the pocket universe? Superboy Prime. Oh, Superboy, Superboy, Superboy Prime, Prime Lois Lane, the original Superman. From yep. Earth 2, Earth along two. with Alexander Luther. Yep, mm-hmm. and Luther, yep. Because and they sit and watch. Because Alexander Luther says, "This is my present to you. I promise that you would never be without her." And here I'm, I'm making good on my word. And he prayed a little pocket universe, and put the three of them in it. But here's what's funny about it: because Crisis on Infinite Earths did so well that we got two more series, and it became like a trilogy. So we had Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis itself was, was, was really excellent. good. Yeah. Um, and then we had that stinker Final Crisis. That was awful. Yeah. So maybe as a follow, so you know, maybe as a follow, we should do um, Infinite Crisis because Infinite Crisis was really great, also. Yeah, yeah because like, um, as good as it was, I think Alexander Luthor deserved better. Oh yeah. Well, he goes out as a hero in it. I mean, because he does. And let's face it, Superboy Prime makes it great. Oh villain. yeah. Oh my God, he was a saving grace of that great villain. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, so next week we're going to go ahead and do the follow-up, and we'll talk about Infinite Crisis because cool. it is a fantastic follow-up to this story. And it, it Now, it took place like 10 years later, almost 20 years later, yeah, 2005. Like, yeah, 2005. This took yeah, 85 yeah, 20, to 20 years Yeah, later. so 20 years later. But And it even starts off really great where you see the original three. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that next week. Yeah, we'll get into all that next week. So We're getting that, a little ahead of ourselves yet. But so – Again, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Guys, go out there, pick it up. It's a fantastic read. Um, you got to kind of, I don't want to say read it slowly, but you actually do want to kind of pay attention of, of what's happening and what's it. going on and take yeah, your time. Take your time. There's a lot. Because you'll a miss lot. something if you don't. Right? Yeah, this is probably. This the, is this, not nothing to be th- rushed This through. book probably uses the most characters you'll ever see in a comic book. Well, remember, and that was one of George Perez's. Uh, great loved when he drew comics. He wanted to squeeze as many characters as he could into a scene or oh, a panel or a book. And because everybody talks about that's how you know it's, it's Perez art because if there's 50 characters in there, you can tell who each one of those characters are. That's how good Perez is. Absolutely. Yeah, just keep in mind that, you know, this is nothing like the current, you know, continuity of DC Universe, but right. it's, still, well, it's still one of the better reads out there. This is a great read. Well, they kind of. They kind of undo it all with Infinite Crisis, and then they really undo it all when they rolled out Flashpoint. Yeah. But, right. e- but, but even when this book was done, you could already see like a year later they were trying to eke some of the stuff back into the universe. Yeah, they were trying to think, well, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Right. <laughs> I, the only thing I kind of don't like about one of the character deaths is Supergirl should have stayed out longer. Because I think it was like maybe a couple years later, they brought in the whole Matrix character. And mm-hmm. well, no, let me back up. 
no, because um, she came around in the early nineties with yeah, the whole the Death of Superman yeah, thing. Five, the, um, actually, the Matrix. You, the Matrix came in during, ironically, George Perez's run on Action Comics in nineteen eighty nine. Okay, because she becomes the new Supergirl. Right, and she be- evolves into the new Supergirl. And like three years later, um, we get the death. The, or two years later, we get the uh, no, that's eighty nine. Yeah, three years later, yeah. we get the death of Superman. So yeah, so, but then they bring the whole um, Linda Nevis Kara character back because I rem- and they did it like a couple of times because I remember in the Batman Superman series she comes back, gets taken by Dark Side, they start corrupting her, they have to mm-hmm. go to Apocalypse right. and get her. And I want to say that was a second version that, of her that they had brought back. So because I think. Turner had a book before that with Supergirl that didn't fly very well. So, anywho, that's the only character death in it that I really felt was cheated because they didn't wait long enough before they brought the character back or at least had someone else take over the mantle. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing. I like Supergirl, but there's a lot of Kryptonians out there. Yeah, right. Well, and that's it's funny in the in the forward here by marv wolfman he someone asked why did you kill supergirl and he goes he, because for being the last son of krypton there was a lot of kryptonians in the dc universe yeah, it was you had supergirl you had a whole bottle city of candor yeah um i think he mentions a couple other characters monel who Mon-El, technically, yeah. wasn't technically he was a uh, kryptonian but he had the same power as a superman yeah right. so he's the vulnerability to lead Right. So he basically said, you know, there was too many Kryptonians. I wanted to, to level the playing field and make Superman the last son again. Yeah. But if there's anything that, that came good out of the Crisis on Infinite Earths was the aftermath of it. We got John Byrne on the Man of Steel. We got Batman Year One. We um we saw the evolution of Jason Todd into what would now what we now know as the Red Hood. Um, we were introduced to Norm Bryfogle. Uh, he was uh, the artist of Batman. Uh, so, uh, and we got introduced to the, as um, Randy has talked about the landmark Wonder Woman series by George Perez. So, um, uh, you know, when when something of this magnitude occurs, there are a lot of things that come behind it that is not good. But with with but with this Crisis on Infinite Earths was the was the gift that kept on giving. Well, and you make a very good point because one of the things brought up is that DC storytelling at the time was viewed as a little simplistic. Right. And not a lot of depth. And this changed, changed that the pattern. whole thing. It because, changed the whole thing. Because what Marv Wolfman and George Perez showed everybody was not only can I do a 12 issue miniseries, but I'll have people buy it. If it's good, they'll stick with it. It will succeed. Yeah. And secondly, your audience has grown past your 1960s, 70s audience. Exactly. They're ready for more in-depth stories, and that's what you got. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And if, if uh, truth be told, if we want to be honest with ourselves, it was that period where um, DC got marvelized. Right. Absolutely. All right. So we are about out of time. Actually, we are out of time because it's at 730. I want to thank everybody for listening. Next week, we're going to pick this up and we're going to do the follow-up Infinite Crisis, which is another really great series. Yes, indeed. Um, But before we go, make sure you listen to our sister shows. Mad Men's got Shock Monkey Radio every Tuesday night from 6 6 o'clock. Yeah, but go to my Patreon. Patreon.com slash Shock Monkey Radio. I almost said 630. My bad. 6 o'clock. Um, and then um, Comics Online podcast, Monday night from 9.30 to 10.30. You can reach us at lostinthelongbox at gmail.com. 
Um, we also have our Patreon, patreon.com slash lost in a long box. Enos has got our two sister pages, Batman Yesterday, Today, and Forever, and the realm of superheroes, comics, and pop culture. I don't have a nice closing. We'll be down here one until next week. So we'll just say, see you next week, everybody. Thanks have for listening. Good night, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Woo! I think you're still alive, brother. Oops, my bad. <laughs>